Welcome to Wallace Books and the Jello Wars Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Wallace. Whoever thought that children with cancer would be the ones to lift us from our existential funk? Their wisdom, simple and personal, yet profound and universal, helps us circumnavigate these perplexing times. And fortunately, you don't have to walk in their hospital slippers to benefit. Wallace Books presents Jello Wars and Other Battles with Childhood Cancer. It's a book, it's a podcast, and it's life changing. Because the kids have much to teach, and we, the healthy, have much to learn. Thanks for showing up. This podcast is brought to you by Arizona Camp Sunrise and Sidekicks. Arizona Camp Sunrise was one of the first childhood oncology camps in the world. For 40 years, they've been providing an awesome summer camp experience to children who have or have had cancer. And Arizona Camp Sidekicks offers the same fun for the siblings of the child with cancer. Camp is coming soon. And thanks to Southwest Kids Cancer Foundation, it's 100% free of charge. If you'd like to enroll a child for one of the camps, or to volunteer as a camp counselor, don't wait. Go to azcampsunrise.org. It's fun, it's exciting, and it's life-changing. Go to azcampsunrise.org. Make a difference for you and a child with cancer. Welcome back. Bob here. You know, there are three distinct phases of the year. There's camp planning, there's camp, and there's post-camp depression. Things are warming up outside, and this is definitely camp planning season. Go to the website, azcampsunrise.org. If you're youngish, sign up to be a volunteer. If you're a bit elderly-er, Change your will and give it to a great cause. Your kids will understand. With things warming up, it means Phoenix and Southern Arizona will soon be enjoying 138-degree brunches. But if you join us in the cool pines of Northern Arizona, it means summer camp at Arizona Camp Sunrise and Sidekicks. While you're much less likely to incinerate while walking your dog, the likelihood of Throne Jello, Sky Pirates, and Village People cover bands escalates exponentially. Consider yourself warned. Today we're going to beat the heat and head down to the creek. And we'll check in with the continuing story of the snurf that snarfed Camp Sunrise. Stay weird, Camp Sunrise. Now back to Jello Wars. You are not your disease. We're down by the creek, and the kids start rhyming off their cancers, as if they were reading out of a Dr. Seuss book. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, osteosarcoma, retinoblastoma. 
These children have a medical vocabulary rivaling a seasoned MD. Rhabdomyosarcoma! Neuroblastoma! When I was their age, my medical knowledge went no further than ouch. How is it their knowledge and maturity is quantum leaps beyond my own? ALL! AML! Wilms tumor! Oh yeah. Cancer. Each of them has endured a vitriolic relationship with cancer. It's odd. Sometimes I walk around camp amongst the hordes of overstimulated kids, all running and laughing and acting like complete lunatics, and I forget the very thing that brought them all here in the first place. Cancer. You'd never guess it most of the time. That is, until we're down at the creek in swimsuits and they start comparing scars. That's where my spleen burst. I've had so many spinal taps, my mom says you can play connect the dots on my back. Spinal taps? How many bone marrow biopsies have you had? I've been personally blessed with zero first-hand knowledge of any of it. I wonder how I even got here. In their presence, I'm naive and callow. But I'm doubly blessed with the opportunity to witness true worldly maturity and sophistication. Natalie's childhood memories include flushing her own central line catheter and changing her own dressings. She always knew what her platelet, hemoglobin, and hematocrit counts were and when she'd need another blood transfusion. Natalie also knew all her chemotherapy drugs and their side effects, and she wasn't afraid to ask questions. I'd get all upset when the doctors and my parents would be whispering. I'd cut in and say, Okay, I know you're talking about me, so either come over here and talk, or step out of my room. She tells me of a Yiddish phrase, Children have big ears. Kids know what's going on, she says, so just be upfront with them, because they usually know it anyway. Dr. Bob Croth concurs. These kids can tell you what white counts mean and about neutrophils, lymphocytes, and platelets, plus how each one affects the other. When a doctor first utters the diagnosis of cancer, parents are often unable to comprehend. How could such a heinous disease attack their precious child? Sometimes the child deals with it better than the adults. It's really not fair, Dr. Bob explains that a six-year-old can have been through so much that they now act more like an adult than many adults do. Dr. Bob says the staff at treatment centers work hard to allow kids to stay kids, just like camp. At four months of age, Noah was diagnosed with retinoblastoma, a tumor of the eye. His mother remembers receiving the news. When a doctor tells you your child has cancer, you hear everything they say, but you don't necessarily register it. You're kind of in a zone. Noah's mom reports the doctor said, it needs to come out. And she responded, oh God, surgery of the eye, that's serious. But then the doctor told her, no, the eye has to come out. She was crushed. Noah's cancer took over, she says, it became my life. Two years, four months, and six surgeries later, Noah was fine. He had a prosthetic eye which looked entirely natural, and he was as healthy and active as any other three-year-old. And his mother went on to help other parents in similar situations. 
Liz was 15 and far from ready to let any illness slow her down. She needed to be admitted to the hospital, but refused to go until after the last matinee of her junior high play. Following the final bow, her parents rushed her to the hospital for a needle biopsy, which removed two liters of fluid from her lungs. By that evening, Liz had a chest tube and a diagnosis of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. At 15, I didn't even know what cancer was, or that anyone but old people got it, she says. I was getting into teenagerdom and was possibly a little arrogant. Liz says you can't take it all on your own. You need support. Even if you think you're the toughest person, like I thought I was, you're going to need others. As for the battle wounds a person endures, Liz quotes a hospital friend and fellow cancer survivor. Scars are like tattoos, only with better stories. Susan was given only a 10% chance of living. I told my parents not to cry, and I asked all the hard questions at first. Am I going to live? Am I going to be paralyzed for life? My parents were just too upset. Susan is fine now, and she says it's good to have her parents treating her normal again. A family role reversal is not uncommon. In the time it takes you to have an MRI, Jeremy tells me, I went from a healthy, active life to BAM, I have a brain tumor. Next thing I knew, instead of driving my younger brother to baseball practice, he was transporting me to treatments. Although coping with adult issues, often better than adults, kids with cancer are still just kids. In a world bent on labeling each of them as the cancer kid, they have a legitimate need to just be kids. That's where camp comes in. Arizona Camp Sunrise allows kids to just be kids. It's a simple concept, really, but the importance cannot be overstated. The value of acting like a group of complete lunatics is inestimable, and camp goes far beyond fun. It's transformational and profound in its impact on a child's life. In return, the kids teach us to be better adults. Scars and all. Time with Uncle Bob. <laughs> Ain't that funkin' now? <laughs> Welcome back to the continuing story of the snurf that snarfed Camp Sunrise. By the second day of camp, some of the campers were already dragging. They'd stayed up late talking with their old friends and their new friends and laughing and telling stories and shining their flashlights around the cabin even though the counselor had clearly told them, lights out and no talking. The ladybug's cabin had a bazillion bottles of nail polish in every color, lined up on their cabin's picnic table. And the spider cabin already had a dirty sock aroma wafting from their door. Some porches were festively decorated, and some of the cabins looked as if the suitcases had all been wired with explosives. All was well at Arizona Camp Sunrise. And fortunately, 
we hadn't seen any further signs of that pesky snurf. You rang? Came a voice from nowhere. I guess I'd spoken too soon. The room filled with a foul odor, and the snurf materialized before our eyes. You're having a campfire tonight, right? He asked. We told him we were, and that it was going to be great fun. Wrong! He snapped back. I'm going to make it rain on your campfire. Ha ha ha! Your night will be ruined. Actually, we told him, we like rain here. When it's too dry, we worry about forest fires. Rain smells good and makes everything grow. The snurf looked unconvinced. We'd love it if it rained at the campfire tonight. In fact, sometimes we do songs to encourage it to rain. This frustrated the snurf. He grumbled what may have been curse words and disappeared. But the very next morning at breakfast, we hadn't even finished our French toast sticks when a camper yelled, Look! That snurf dude is back! We looked where he pointed, and there he was in all his snurfiness. The snurf announced, I will reap the wrath of Sharknadoes upon you! That makes no sense, we assured him. Wreck the wrath of Sharknadoes upon you? He asked, Nope. Bring about wrath-like Sharknadoes? The snurf just wasn't getting it. Forget it, we told him. Here at camp, we love Sharknadoes. In fact, anytime someone yells, Sharknado! We put our hands on top of our heads like fins, and we spin in circles. That's ridiculous. The snurf growled. True, but we'll show you. Someone yelled, Sharknado! And we all put our hands on top of our heads like a fin, and we spun in circles. You all are weird, the beast told us. But we sure do have fun, we reminded him. Well, how fun would it be if I told you Water Day is canceled? That would be horrible, we told him. You plan to have all kinds of wet and wily activities, right? Right? Wrong! Water Day has been canceled because I snarfed down every drop of water in the camp. You can't have water day without water. With this, he went into a diabolical laugh that put cold shivers up our spines. No water means no water day. Ha! I've ruined your day and ended your fun. This was horrible news. We'd all looked forward to a crazy afternoon of water day fun, and now it was ruined. But Larry, our friendly camp ranger, poked his head through the door and announced, Someone turned off the water to camp. He looked sternly in the direction of the snurf, and then smiled. But I turned it back on, and we're going to have the wettest water day ever. Everyone cheered, except the snurf. The snurf hemmed and hawed and shuffled his feet. On a scale of one to ten, he said, That sucked. Mark my words, Mr. Smarty Ranger Pants. I'll be back to ruin your camp. With that, he was gone. For the moment, anyway. That's all for now, kids. But remember, 
Camp goes on forever, and the adventure never ends. Thanks for tuning in to Wallace Books and the Jello Wars podcast. The kids of Arizona Camp Sunrise have been my greatest mentors, and they're here to assist you, too. You can find additional episodes of the podcast and more about the book, Jello Wars, and other battles with childhood cancer at wallacebooks.com. That's W-A-L-L-A-S-S books.com. Just go to the website or search Wallace Books wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe and like. You can learn more about Arizona Camp Sunrise at azcampsunrise.org. Podcast theme music by M-Dub Music. Sound effects from Sonic Boom. Keep listening to Wallace Books Jello Wars podcast and let the kids change your life for the better. See you down the road.